had no money to speak of. The only income, the willing gifts from the handful of parents whose children came each day and made up the small group her grandmother taught to read and write, to keep accounts, and to mend the plain clothing that both men and women wore. Sarah smiled to herself as she remembered the neat undecorated dresses, grey or black or palest blue, with large white collars, always neat and spotlessly clean. She'd always longed for colour, for dresses with pretty floral designs, pinks and blues, with frills and decorations, or embroidery. But even after her grandmother died and she lived alone, taking over the old woman's task of teaching the young, she respected the old woman's memory by continuing to dress in the Quaker manner. Only in her embroidery and tapestry work, which helped her to be financially independent, did her passion for colour find an outlet. The light was stronger now, and the first pale gleams of sunlight were catching the rag rug she had laboured over in the dark nights of the recent winter. Full of colour, the fragments came from garments torn beyond repair and thrown away by the wealthy. Collected up by the women in the workshop in Lurgan, run by her brother. Scraps of fabric to be shared out and used by those with the skill patience and imagination to create from such meagre resources. John had watched her, evening after evening, totally fascinated by the speed at which she sewed. A tiny needle caught the light of the lamp and the water-filled globe that stood close beside it, enhancing its gleam so she could see more easily for the intricate work. I don't know how ye have the patience for that, he said often enough, shaking his head. Them wee stitches. Sure, I can hardly see them, even when I know where to look. And what about the patience for making a dozen horseshoes and every pair a match? She'd said, laughing. Is it not the same thing? He'd nodded and agreed that it was a fair point. But he was not entirely convinced and remained amazed at what he saw as her great skill. As the light strengthened, and pale gleams began to touch the burly-leafed trees in the nearest hedgerow, she saw that it had been raining in the night. From the tips of new leaves, and on the long thorns of the slowly leafing hawthorns, drops of water hung, shimmering in the tiny breeze which had sprung up. She heard her grandmother's voice as clearly as if the old woman were standing in the room behind her. See, child, what need have we of jewels? Hasn't God given us the jewels on the trees? It was just an early spring morning like this one that she'd first met John. The memory of it still made her smile. It was market day in Lysnagarvey, and in the afternoon she had finished her teaching early, so she could go and buy threads and fabric from the traders who'd laid out their goods in the square surrounding the town hall. The whole place was thronged with people, noisy with men who bargained and then slapped hands, and hawkers who shouted out the virtues of their wares. The pavements were very crowded, but somewhat cleaner than the square itself, where calves, sheep and some horses had changed hands in the course of the morning. She never knew quite how it happened, but suddenly she was struck a glance and blow on the side of her head. Not painful, but startling. It was so sudden and surprising enough for her to lose her balance, trip and fall on the edge of the pavement. The next thing she knew was that a bolt of cloth had dropped down on the pavement beside her, 
and a young man with blue-grey eyes was kneeling beside her, a look of total distress on his tanned face. Ach, dear, dear, are ye hurted? he asked anxiously, looking round him as if he might find some resolution at hand to this totally distressing event. The mare just moved as I was unloading the boat, he explained, as if that might help him. Are ye all right? Well, I call a doctor to come and look at ye. He put his hand to her dishevelled hair, moved it back from her face, and searched her cheek minutely for any sign of damage. She'd laughed then at the innocence of the man who, in his concern, had touched her as easily and gently as if he were her mother. Uh, no, I'm not hurt at all, she replied, surprised at the slight shake in her voice. It was more the suddenness of it. Do you often swing bolts around the place? she asked, smiling weakly. Ugh, no, he said.